Hey everyone, welcome back to the Literacy-Based Speech Therapy Podcast. My name is Ashley. And my name is Caitlin. We are both licensed speech-language pathologists. If you have a love for picture books and want fresh ideas using them in your therapy session, then you're in the right place. Today, we will be discussing how to get older students to buy into using picture books. Yeah, this is this is often a hot topic in my Instagram DMs. I get a lot of questions about, you know, because I talk about picture books a lot. And they're like, but how do you do this with older students or my middle school students complain? So, I mean, I feel like I don't think any of my students have ever complained about using picture books in therapy. And I think a lot of that goes towards the tone that you set in your speech room. This is actually something we're going to chat more about in an upcoming episode, but don't think that just because your students are beyond kindergarten level, that they're beginning to read on their own, that you can no longer use picture books because there are so many great language concepts that we need to use with our students, even past kindergarten, first grade age. And we know that research supports using picture books for oral language skills and We just need to continue to use them. But I think having your students buy into using picture books and being okay with it is it goes back to the tone that we set. So first, you want to consider the type of book that you're using. Many, many, many books come in different formats. So check what's and see what is available for the book that you're using. I know that I have many books in two different formats. I have the board book format, and then I have the paper or hardback version. So with my older students, even if I'm using a, what I consider lower level book, such as Goodnight Gorilla or the bear books, like Bear Snores On, I'm not going to pull out the board book version. That's insulting, right? Yes. So most books come in different formats. Either look at your library or, you know, wherever you're ordering them from and consider that. You may, I mean, here's here's another trick. If you have older students who are really giving you some pushback on using picture books, I've done this a few times where I literally take the book down to the copy machine and make black and white copies. So you're not getting the book version, you know, you're not turning the pages that way, but you've stapled it like a book. And somehow that black and white version is a little more appealing or tolerable to those. Yeah, I think so. Additionally, so thinking about even decodable books, if you are working on, on those phonics concepts and decodable books, you want your older students to feel more confident reading on their own. Look at high noon books which is a brand, and we will link to all of these in the show notes. But the high noon books are great decodables, even for upper middle school, even high school grades. They're a little more appealing. The illustrations are a little more appealing, but they are more chapter book oriented. And then the other decodable that I like for upper elementary, middle school, high school is called phonic books. So think of phonics, but take off that S So it's called phonic books and they are much more appropriate for our, you know, older students who still need that decoding help. So considering the type of book, I think is really important to respect our students with. Yeah, because they know and and even I was even thinking those level readers, if they yeah. see the level, they're yep. gonna be turned off. So yeah, that's cover not it up. a route to go. Cover it up or cover it copy up. it. So 
And then another thing to think about is to consider the complexity of the text. So choosing books that can be scaffolded based on how complex the sentence structure is. Mm -hmm. So books with a high frequency of a passive voice or complex sentence types can be taxing on their ability to comprehend. So with younger students or students who are older but need more assistance, understanding, you may need to simplify some of the text, not changing the meaning but adding to it to where they can understand what's going on. So examples of books that have complex sentence structures, Dr. DeSoto, and we talked about Dr. DeSoto previously when we talked about how to do literacy-based speech therapy, but there's Dr. DeSoto, Fireflies, Two Bad Ants, Harry the Dirty Dog, Owl Moon. So those are books that you could use, they do have like a lot of complex sentence structures. So just examples, I pulled something from Two Bad Ants. So this is from the book. It says, they hurried down the walls that held back the lake. The frightened insects looked for a place to hide, worried that the giant scoop might shovel them up again. So simplify it by turning it into individual sentences using, they felt scared Instead of saying they were frightened, and you can even say both, the frightened insects, oh, they were scared. They looked for a place to hide because they were scared. They right. worried. So I think using books that visually are more appealing to your older students, they have more text in them, but you can still simplify them. Yeah, and giving them that vocabulary. And Too Bad Ants has great, it is very good, a very good analogy, very good showing from the ant's perspective. Yes. And so high level plus the illustrations. Are more appropriate, right? Yes. And then the other book you were saying. Yeah, the other book is Harry the Dirty Dog. Love that book. One of the family. So again, from the book. One of the family members looked out and said, there's a strange dog in the backyard. By the way, has anyone seen Harry? When Harry heard this. He tried very hard to show them he was Harry. So it's the next page. They have to remember what Harry had heard. And so just simplifying it. So when Harry heard that they didn't recognize him or that they didn't know who he was, he wanted to show his family who he was, that he really was Harry. So just explaining it more to them. Yes. And simplifying, I think, you know, is helpful. So... In upper elementary and middle school grades, teachers choose books based on specific literary themes. Right. So some of these themes might be understanding protagonists. So who's the main character? Being able to identify the antagonist, the opposer of the story or in the story, similes, metaphors, recognizing the foreshadowing that happens throughout a story. Yeah, they have to start doing that in fourth grade, fifth grade, and these are with longer chapter books. That expectation is there. I know from my own boys, you know, I remember them having to identify those things. So if we can find some picture books that complement it, that complement that and to help our older students, okay, you can do this in a picture book, you know, so you can do this when you're in the classroom too. And you can pull. So like we, we were discussing just different books that students use in upper elementary, middle school, like The Big Friendly Giant, The Giver, Bridge to Terabithia, Tuck Everlasting, Narnia. So those are books where it's like they really have that 
heavier. Those different world understanding, understanding what really is being like that hidden theme. Yes. And so you could, because you know, the classes are going to spend weeks on these books. Mm -hmm. So you have time to use these books in your session to help them, to make them feel more confident when they go back into the classroom to understand the vocabulary. But then you can also, when we've talked about part of doing a literacy-based speech therapy session is one of the the wins is if your student is able to create a parallel story, but also finding books that already do that for them. So grabbing books that's going to help support their understanding of the theme behind Big Friendly Giant, The Giver, Bridge to Terabithia. So like The Gruffalo. Yes. So The Gruffalo is a great example because if you do have those older students who push back and you say, well, that's a baby book or whatever, and you say, well, but here are your goals and you need to be able to do this in a chapter book in the fifth grade, then you can go to them and say, look, you know, you got to start somewhere, right? I mean, if I'm going to try out for a baseball team or, you know, do track jump hurdles or something, well, I'm not going to go over the big hurdle the first time. I'm going to start with the low hurdle, right? And so I think we can tell our students, we're using these picture books to give you examples for those chapter books. So like you were saying, the Gruffalo, and there were some other examples you had. And even when you mentioned copying it. So if the Gruffalo looks too babyish to them, which the story itself is not, it's hilarious. It is. And they have to figure out what's going on. The mouse is tricking the Gruffalo. The mouse is also tricking all these animals. And so once they get into the story, it won't seem babyish. So maybe even copying it if they're turned off right. by the pictures. But I even think the pictures aren't really that babyish. No. And then the enemy pie. So if you haven't heard of the en- enemy pie, so a kid gets bullied and he goes to his parent and is like, what do I do about this bully? And the parent helps him create a pie. And he's like, so how is this going to help me with this bully? And so that whole theme of of serving right. your enemy and loving your enemy. And so that's another example, the bad case of stripes. So with Yeah, that's a great book. She's not really turning these colors. She's <laughs> not really and so understanding that again with the giver, they're not really in black and white. That's just right. a huge idea to understand for these yes. kids. And so simplifying it so they can see the pictures, yes. but understanding that it's not reality. Right. It's giving you a message, helping you have a visual of what's going inside, inside her, what she's going through. Dr. DeSoto, Those Shoes. That's a great book. It's about, you know, like it's not really about the shoes. Why shoes. are those shoes that important? So important. Right. Because he wants to fit in. And then it ends up he gives them to a friend who actually so right. it, uh, who needs them. And so that's another these are picture books that you could use that would help support what they're already reading. But then also right. grabbing what they read and maybe picking a little bit from what they're reading and helping them compare what they have learned. It's just a simpler format. And I think mm-hmm. explaining that to our students, you're going to need to be able to identify these figurative language concepts or these literary devices in the chapter books. And you're going to want to be able to hold your own in the classroom. Well, let's do them in the picture books first. And so you'll be more confident in the classroom. And 
I think also telling students the speech room is your safe place. You know, I'm not going to go tell everybody you did a picture book. You know, this is your safe place. There's no judgment here. There's no bullying here. No one else is watching you do these picture books. It's just us or it's just your group. And we're all doing the same book. So if you do get some pushback, then kind of just give them the reason. We have to start somewhere with any task. If I'm jumping hurdles on the track meet, I'm not going to start with the tallest hurdle. I'm going to start with the low hurdles, right? The other thing to look at, I think is really important for picking books to use is consider the illustrations. I think we need to make sure we're not picking. And I think this is somewhat common sense, but again, this goes back to even our, in my TPT store, the key teaching points, book list inventory, where we try to identify this book may be more appropriate visually for early childhood, lower elementary, but this book can be used also with upper elementary. And so we want to respect our students with the illustrations we use. We're not going to use Little Blue Truck or Brown Bear, Brown Bear, or those types of books with our older students. So we're going to pick out, you know, the Canard Pack. That author, we love his illustrations are much more appropriate and appealing to older students. Kate Mesner's books, the illustrations are so rich and visually appealing that I think our older students will not give us any pushback with some of those. And I think respecting our students with the illustrations, I think is important too. The other thing we can look at for our students is looking at biographies. So you can meet so many of your students' goals with biographies. And I think that students love biographies. Some in our picture book format, like the book Whoosh, Shaking Things Up, Pocket Full of Color, Firebird, The Palatero Man. You can find so many great biographies and meet your students' goals through those with biography books. I also like the Who Was and Who Is books. Now, these are more chapter book format, but they're very easy to read with a lot of pictures. And they are very popular with kids. This is like if you go to the book fairs at schools, you'll see a lot of these and you see they're all over, you know, Amazon, they're all over Barnes and Noble. And I think kids love reading about people and their history. And so again, look for those because they do have a lot of pictures in them. So they're a little more approachable. And I think that's what's important is for our students who are older, who want so badly to read the chapter books that other kids are reading, giving them a who was or a who is book is technically a chapter book. So they're going to feel a little more socially confident. In another format you can look for are like graphic novels. So those, I mean, it's like a comic book. So these are a great bridge for students who are not ready for those chapter books. So again, books like The Camping Trip or Dogman, the Dogman series. The Rick Riordan books. Yeah, the Rick Riordan, which is like the 39 Clues. So that with graphic novels, the text is broken up into much more manageable format. Plus you get a ton of illustrations. So that's another route you could go. Wordless books. So wordless books, it's like, we're going to go more into this in another episode because we love using wordless books. Yes. They just have so much in the there's zero text or if there is text, it's very little and it's the same. 
So it's not as intimidating. And the illustrations, a lot of them are actually very appropriate for older students, the journey, or there's the lion and the mouse. But they're also, they require a lot of inferencing, some of them like the journey going into another world, things like that. And so the kids don't have to be so intimidated by the text. And so you can just discuss what the story is telling you based on the illustrations. And we have, uh, there's a blog post on sweetsouthernspeech.com that goes more into how to use wordless picture books and speech therapy, but they are definitely a great option. And then another, so just a trick, Ashley, you mentioned the copying the picture book and having the black and white, but another trick would be to label, have book bins. So having your books on display and labeling the book bins with upper level, higher level books. So when you're grabbing the book, they see that it's in this category of upper level or higher level. Yes, I would say, I would tell my students, you need to go choose, you know, like you would have a spring book bin or summer books or books for R or books for S. And if you say, go pick one from the middle school bin or go pick one from that says upper level, it gives them a little confidence little confidence boost right and they're they're like oh okay these are the books for the older kids the little kids these are too hard for the little kids i mean it's a trick right i mean it's it's a very clever trick so and those are the labels are also in the tpt store so we have that available as well yeah i think you know any any tricks we can do for our older students this another idea and I've shared this a couple of times on my Instagram. And this actually happened by accident one day in therapy. So I had been working on some lesson plans for a younger group of kids. I left them all out on my desk. I had to go get some of my other kids, um, some fourth graders. And they came back to the room with me and I was about to clean up and you know they saw what I was doing. And one girl said, well, can I help you? Write the lesson, and she, you know, because you know how kids like to play teacher. Well, she said, "Can I help you with this? You know, find this." And I was like, "Well, sure." And so I had that group of students go through. There were two different books I had out, and they basically found all the vocabulary words for me from that book that they thought would be really good for those younger students. <laughs> I'm putting in air quotes. They found some good sentence structure that we were looking for. They found some adjectives. They were able to find some irregular verb tense for me. And I realized at the end of it, I was like, this is so awesome because they don't realize that they're actually doing what we would have done. And so I kind of killed two birds with one stone. But what I started to think, and I actually had to call, I messaged one of the parents because I said, I don't want you to think that she's coming home from speech every time saying she's not doing her work, but that she's helping me make lesson plans for my younger (laughs) kids. And the mom thought it was brilliant. And so that's a trick you can do is, you know, we're not going to do your speech today. Is that okay? You're going to help me do my lesson plans for my younger kids. And I think it's kind of just tricking their brain. And I think that's okay. You might need to tell the parents or the teacher, because I have said before, we're not doing your lessons today. 
And you're like, what? We're not doing speech today? And I'm like, yeah, you're going to help me find some goals for my younger kids with these younger books. But, you know, we all know that there's some really great vocabulary in these picture books. So it's kind of like, yeah, we just played in speech therapy. That's yes. all we do. But it's not. We just played <laughs> I a game. I helped I helped Miss Ashley and Miss Kaylin with their with their lesson planning. <laughs> right. Right. So, you know, That's hey, great. whatever whatever works, right? We we want to respect our older students. We don't want to give them babyish books. We want, you know, them to feel empowered, but we also need to tell them you're here in speech therapy to shore up your language skills so that when you are in the classroom and they're reading those really high level chapter books, you want to be able to keep up. So we're going to practice them with our picture books. Yeah. Cause we all know they're intimidated. Yes. You know, doing them in the classroom. And so we're just trying to help them be more confident. So that is how to help your kids have a buy-in to picture books, your older students Next time, what we're going to be discussing is we're going to have another favorites episode and we will be sharing our favorite books to use for the R sound. So R sound. we hope to see you there. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We know you're a busy SLP, so thanks for spending some of your time with us today. Click the description for this episode on your listening app or go to sweetsouthernspeech.com to access the show notes. We will include any links mentioned. And to continue the conversation, come hang out with us on Instagram at Literacy Based Speech Therapy, where we share lots of books to use in your therapy sessions. We would love to hear your thoughts on what you heard today. Please leave us a review on your listening app. We'll catch you in the next episode.